Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I am your host, Maria Retan, and it is great to be here today, and I'm so glad you can join me. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern right here, and you're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about women of a certain age. Now, I count myself in this group, by the way. So to some degree, I am talking about myself. Um, There's 42 million women between the ages of 40 and 60 years old. That's according to the U.S. Census data and packaged facts, marketresearch.com. And by 2010, 43% of all adults living in the United States at that time will be over 50 years old. That's according to Iconoculture. And in fact, $29.1 trillion in net worth will reside with those people. Now, that's a ton of dough. And I can imagine that marketers out there listening to me today are perking their ears up. Well, just wait till you hear more. Right now, they purchase more than $2 trillion worth of goods and services annually. And they're not going to stop, guys. By 2010, women 55 years and older will be in the workforce, and that will be increasing by 52%. So these are people that are going to work well, well, well past the age of retirement. I can tell you right now. Now, as far as me, I'm hoping to retire early, but we'll see about that. But these women are definitely out there. They're going to be working. They're going to be very, very viable for a very long time. And mainly it's because they're better educated. Um, These are women that have gone to college. They've gone to grad school. You know, some of them have delayed motherhood. There's just lots of reasons for this. Now, they, they do spend money. They're spending a ton of money. In fact, when it comes to their grandkids, they're spending $30 billion every year. Now, that's a lot of moolah on the kids. And believe it or not, these women are going to be living to a ripe old age. I heard this stat the other day, and I couldn't believe it. If a woman reaches her 50th birthday without cancer, she could expect to reach the age of 92. And that is a pretty amazing age. That's how old you could be and still be spending money on your grandkids. That's a ton of cash. Uh, These are women who, by the way, I've already talked about how they're very viable and how they uh, want to really spend time uh, with their friends and their family. And they're, they're very active. They're booking experience travel. They're indulging in mind-body services. They're even online dating. So after the husband kicks it, the woman is out there getting online and dating at well, well past um, the age of 50, by the way. And they're buying homes. Um, the median age of all single home buyers is age 52. So you can see they've got a ton of money. They're buying homes. They have to fill it with something. They're forcing new retail. They're forcing new media. They are a power to be reckoned with. Well, that leads me to today's Perth profile. Those of you who listen on a regular basis know that 
Uh, I take a deep dive into a specific demographic each and every week, and today, in line with our theme of women of a certain age, I'm going to be talking about the Dior Diva. There's nearly a million of these women out there. They're making a lot of money. Median income is about $165,000, and their median age is 61. 33% are grandparents, and they believe that their life is great. They're feeling financially secure. They love the way their life is going. They're an optimist. How they spend their time is more important than how they spend their money. And their high income does allow for them them to indulge themselves, whether it's designer clothing or, um, you know, going after labels or going after brands that might cost them a little bit more or spending the time to indulge their worldly interests like going to the museum or travel or, um, you know, entertaining people in their home. And they really want to share the wisdom that they've grown over their years of living. So they want to share how to deal with money, how to shop, how to manage a household. They like to do that with their children and then pass it along to their grandchildren as well. Now, this is what they're not. Listen up. They're not worriers. They don't feel isolated. They're not uninvolved, um, and they're not and they're not overworked. They like to work, but they also want to take some pleasure in life. So if you're a marketer, how do you connect with the Dior Diva? Well, they are online, you know. These are women who are hooked up to the Internet people, and they're checking it out. They're trolling around MarketWatch, Orbitz, Travelocity. They're watching network programming like the rest of us. They're tuning in to Turner Classic Television and Hallmark Channel. They're reading magazines. Remember, these are people who want to indulge their you know, their best love. So they're looking at Gourmet, Bon Appetit, Condé Nast Traveler, El Decor. And a lot of them do have second homes. So they have to purchase products for those homes. Again, another wonderful opportunity. And uh, as always, they love their luxury cars and their beauty products. Well, this leads me to my guest today, who is the definitive voice when it comes to marketing to women. Marty Barletta is the CEO and founder of the Trendsite Group. And this is a consultancy that helps companies communicate effectively with women. Marty is the author of numerous books, including Marketing to Women and Primetime Women, How to Win the Hearts, Minds, and Business of Boomer Big Spenders. And the stats I just shared today, if you aren't convinced, you will be by the time Marty is done today. These are women to be reckoned with. Now, Marty was talking with market, about marketing to women when no one else was, and she's been helping companies recognize that women aren't a niche market. They are the market that you need to be working with. So today, she's going to be sharing with you um, about what you need to be watching for to help your business grow over the next 10 years. I'm really tickled to have her. She's going to have a lot to share with you, so stick around. More Purstring is on the way. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting in a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. 
Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah, GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. It's time to do your thing. Affiliate thing. Hey, this is Sean Collins from WebmasterRadio.fm. And, um, and I'm... Oh, do I, I not get to summit? say who I am? Is it your show now? I flubbed my line, right? Just because you're the righteous host and I'm just the and? <laughs> go on, go right. on, go on. I'll just sit back, let you take over. Go ahead. I'm just sit here in the pod cave and you okay, let me know if you Sean need Collins me. and Lisa. <laughs> Affiliate thing. Dig it. My broadcast Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the WebmasterRadio.fm home. Want a hot pod? Load it with webmasterradio.fm and play with us all day long. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. I am so excited today to have Marty Berletta, CEO and founder of the Trendsite Group. She's an author, speaker, and guru of marketing to women. Marty, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Maria. Well, you know, I just saw you last week. We were both at the Marketing to Women conference that I talk about from time to time here on the program back in Chicago, and it was so good to see you, and you had such a great address at the time I saw you. But you know what I wanted to talk about today was a topic I've seen you speak about, uh, I guess it was about a year ago. It was on primetime women, and you described these women as being the ages of 50 to 70. Can you talk a little bit about primetime women? Absolutely. And I, <laughs> excuse me, um, primetime women is a name that I coined. I mean, the, the reason I coined the term was because we didn't have any terminology for this group of women before. I remember, uh, you know, one of the problems, I think, and why marketers have been less interested than they should be in this segment is because the only words we've had before are like middle-aged women or the mature market or the senior market, all of which conjure up these horribly, horribly outdated images of these poor old dears, uh, you know, sitting at home eating bonbons, drinking bourbon, uh, empty nest, and absolutely none of this is true. That couldn't be farther from the truth. So we needed some new terminology to capture who these women really are. And I call them primetime for two reasons. One is that they are the prime marketing target for marketers for the next 20 years, absolutely. And there's no question about it, and I can share some reasons for that in a minute. But the other reason that I call them primetime is that they are in the prime of their lives. 
So anybody who's thinking that women in their 50s and 50s and 60s are sitting around in Adirondack chairs on the beach looking at the sunset, which is how you see most advertisers trying to portray these people, is totally missing the boat and totally missing the mark in terms of these high-spending uh, women. And, and, yeah, by, and you know, the other thing I, I wanted to you, Marty, mention... I, I do see myself in an Adirondack chair on the beach, but that's just my <laughs> personal vision. I you guess. do see yourself? Uh, that's what I'm said? shooting for. <laughs> do you really? Um, well, but I bet it's not not something that you're shooting for anytime soon, I, I no, would assume. No, you're right. You're right, Marty. It's not. A young but, woman like yourself, Marie. I'm not. hoping that one day I can actually have the time to sit in an androtic chair on the beach. But, but we know these women aren't. I mean, you, you've talked about how active they are and, you, and why you've called them prime time, because they are in the prime of their lives. Talk a little bit about the opportunities that, that companies might be able to see with these women. Well, I mean, just for perspective, why they are such a big market is most of the time when marketers are choosing, who do they want as their primary target audience? And frankly, you know, this is kind of step two in marketing to women because I have to tell you, Maria, still you get an awful lot of companies, a remarkable, startling, stupid amount of companies that say, okay, I'm marketing to women, all women. And you kind of point out to them that, you know, by the way, women are not a niche or an emerging market. Women are 51% of the population. That would be a majority. So any marketer who's marketing to all women is not doing a terrific job targeting. Um, so people ask me, well, who are the best women to target then? Who should we go after? It does depend a little bit by product, but for the most part, for almost every category, Primetime women are the ones to go after for three reasons. Number one, they have more money than any other segment. And I'm not talking just about the Dior Divas that you were talking about earlier, Maria. Those sound like the very, very upscale women. I'm talking about all women in their 50s and 70s who may or may not be in the luxury market. In fact, the vast majority of them probably are not in the luxury market. But they have more money than at any time in their lives because they've been working for 20 or 30 years. So they are at the senior level. These are not, as you said, they are not retired people. These are the senior vice presidents. These are the people who have worked their way up in the blue-collar jobs to the high seniority levels. These are the people who really are bringing home the big bucks from their jobs. Secondly, they have the big bucks because they've been earning for 20 or 30 years, so their net worth is beyond anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's about uh, 11 times the average for the U.S. household. Thirdly, and this I think is the key, they are the only segment of the population, the people in their 50s and 60s, that is a growth segment. So in the years 20, 2006 to 2016, when the United States population grows by about 23 million people, of that, 22 million of the growth is in the segment of 50 plus. That means that, that blows unless me your away, company, Marty, that number, it just—I mean, we all knew the boomer market was big, and we've always known that there's such a, a huge number of them. But is it just because we're not procreating as much anymore? I mean, what makes them? Why aren't the millennials coming up as, a sec, as, as to take over the boomer generation? Well, the millennials are coming up to take over the boomer generation, but it is a question of how you define it. And so when you are talking about adults, first of all, not all millennials are adults at this point. Um, Generation X was a smaller population than uh, the boomer population because that's why they were called, I mean, they used to be called the baby bust until somebody decided that wasn't a very flattering name. But that was because the birth 
uh, rate after World War II dropped off, uh, after, after the recovery from World War II dropped off. So Generation X had a lower birth rate, and then Generation Y, or the millennials, who are the children of the boomers, are about the same size in generation, a little bit more even. But the point being that when you are looking, most marketers look at the segment of women or of households 25 to 34 because these are the people, these are the households that have the most people in them. That's the kids that are still at home. So the right. moms who are buying for those households are buying for four people. They buy more than a household that's buying for two people is their rationale. And I understand that rationale. But the point is is that you, if you keep focused on the segment that's 25 to 34, there's a lot fewer of them as Generation X moves into that life stage and a lot more of the prime time as, generation, as the boomers move up into that life stage. So if you're a company, for example, a food company, logically it sounds like you want to target the households that have four people. They eat more, right? But what right. I'm saying to companies like Kraft or uh, Nabisco is if you can't make your products relevant to this two-person household of the prime time, then you have no growth in your future, period, end of story. Um, and, and this is just, you have to deal with it. And the third reason is that the spending patterns of prime time are changing completely because as any of us know who have had families, my kids are on the cusp of leaving home at this point. One's in college, one will be in two years. And um, what happens is that when the, the focus of my household changes from being totally oriented around what my kids and family need to return to what do I want to do, what am I interested in, what's my next quest. And so spending patterns of primetime women are radically shifting, which opens up a whole wealth of possibilities for companies that haven't previously even had a market like this before. Yeah, it is right for the, for the picking, I would imagine. And we know, too, that these women aren't particularly brand loyal, are they, Marty? Mm-mm. That's a common oh. misconception. And another reason why um, some, I guess some companies have decided that it's not a good target audience for them, there is a stereotype that, oh, well, you know, here are people who have been buying stuff for uh, 30 years, and they're not going to uh, try any new stuff. And I think that the reverse is probably even more powerful, where people tell themselves that, get them while they're young, they're yours for life which is such nonsense when you think about it. The problem is nobody thinks about it. It might have been true back in the 50s and 60s when there were two or three brands of laundry detergents and ten brands of cars. But these days, with the wealth of choice and the constant product innovations that are coming out, the idea that because, uh, you know, 20 years ago the first car I bought was a Toyota, that that's the only car I'm ever going to look at again? Are you crazy? So the people who are comforting themselves with this idea are really, in fact, shooting themselves in the foot. Well, and not only that, there's more ways to learn about products now than ever before. You know, I shared some stats earlier about these women. They're online. You Absolutely. know, if they want to find something out about a product or service, they can just Google it. And I think that's kind of changed the dynamic. Don't you think so as well? Absolutely. And they are online, and that's another common misconception to, misconception to your point, which is that, well, you know, if you're trying to reach these people, you've got to reach them in, in, I don't know, the traditional magazines and newspapers. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, this is the fastest-growing segment coming online. Um, they were a little slower to get online. which the, the Women are slower to adapt, adopt new technology than men consistently. They were slower to adopt cell phones. They were slower to adopt computers, slower to adopt PDAs. And the reason for that is that men are attracted by the novelty 
of these new gadgets. It's the new way to one-up each other in, in a hierarchical worldview, which is the worldview that more, most men have. One-upping is important. It's kind of how you, you establish your cool factor. But women don't play one-up when they're getting to know each other, so the novelty isn't as important to them, and they do not want to invest the incredible learning curve it takes on new technology until the technology works. They're busy, got things to do, you know, this stuff has got to work. So it was the same thing with the Internet, and they were slower to adopt uh, the Internet. But, you know, in 1999, I remember people were predicting that the Internet was always going to be a man's world because the men were all over it and there were not that many women. And I said, you guys are nuts. This is a world that is designed for women. It has community, it has commerce, i.e. shopping, and women are the chief purchasing officers of the household, as you mentioned. It has, um, you know, the ability to stay in touch with email. It has all kinds of things that are directly aligned with female gender culture. So sure enough, women are now the prime, you know, there are more women online. They're the majority of the people online. They're the majority of online shoppers. And in turn, you know, they are the ones who are doing all the research for products like insurance and cars and uh, medical information, et cetera. Well, and obviously that's a great way for marketers to communicate with these women is online, but I have to imagine that there are other ways too, and there are certain types of messages that resonate with primetime women. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. The messages that resonate with primetime women, um, interestingly enough, are um, one of the primary ones is Next Quest, as I call it, which would be the flip side of what everybody else has come to call empty nest. Empty nest is such a sad term. <laughs> it sort of implies that, you know, as I said, your reason for living has, has flown the coop, and here you are all alone and abandoned, which I'll tell you, if you've ever, and I, I know you have, talked to other women in primetime, the general attitude is, woohoo! now I can get back to you know, what I'm, what I'm interested in. Exactly. And so this is when women go back to previous interests. Maybe they were interested in, uh, in maybe they go back to get another degree. Maybe they, uh, maybe they want to travel more and take more adventure trips. Adventure travel is the fastest growing segment of the travel industry. I think you mentioned that. Um, they want to, I don't know, take a, a, a pottery class, you know, throw ceramics. They want to... Um, uh, try skydiving. I mean, seriously, they want to open an inn. So one of the things that um, is interesting is that when people say that primetimers, like boomers, are not retiring, it's funny because it is still a defin definitely different definition of retirement. They are not necessarily staying with their first jobs, which they've had for the past 20 or 25 years. Sometimes they are quitting that first career and going off to do something. It's like they can do what they really want now because the they paid for college, basically, is the gist, you know. They own their house at this point, and they paid for college. So now they still want to work. They still want income, and they still want the social, uh, you know, satisfaction of working, and they want the benefits of a job, but they don't necessarily have to stay in the same career that they've a little bit been locked into for the first 25 years of their lives. So they're out there pursuing new interests and activities. Yeah, and they're loving every minute of it. And I can't they wait are. <laughs> to do that myself. We're, we're going to take a quick break, Marty, and then um, mm -hmm. when we come back, I really want to talk a little bit. I know you've got some companies in mind that are doing a great job at targeting primetime women, and I want to have you share some of their secrets to their success. Uh, so more on that when Purse Strings returns in just a minute. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. 
Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. .com. More than a name. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. <laughs> I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. <laughs> Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Wow, mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to RevenueToday.com. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. WebmasterRadio.fm. Clothing is optional. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Marty Barletta, founder of the Trendsite Group. She's an author, speaker, and marketing to women expert. Marty, you know, we've spent a significant amount of time kind of defining who the primetime women are, um, companies, how they need to make sure that they are connecting with this woman. It's vital. They're the huge growth opportunity in the next 10 years. And, you know, I know you know that there are some companies out there that are already doing a fairly good job at this. Can you, can you share some of these companies and why you think they're doing so well at targeting primetime women? Well, I can share some of them. I would have to say, much to my uh, astonishment, there are few. There are very few. Um, and I think it's the double barrier of targeting women and targeting the primetime women age segment. So this area is still wide open for a good for lots and lots of good competitors. I mean, as I keep saying, this is where all the money is. Where are all the companies? Where are all the marketers? Um, but a few that are doing a good job, I think that um, Toyota is doing a good job. I've seen a lot of uh, executions in their advertising campaign. One of them um, is is uh, one of them's kind of funny. It says, uh, uh, "Dropping off your five fifteen p.m. Dropping off your kid at college five nineteen p.m. What kid?" And the idea being that the the parents now get to go back 
do their thing, you know. Um, and they have a number of executions in their campaign that are very much aligned with NextQuest. I've seen some ads from Microsoft, which are about, you know, developing your potential, going back to school and getting a degree, and they show prim- a primetime woman in a few of their advertising executions. Mass Mutual has a great website um, that uh, kind of walks the uh, – walks women through uh, some of the key things you should be thinking about in planning your retirement. And um, they do a good job because they personalize the company. They have Susan Sweetser, a vice president who is online in a streaming video, and she talks about some of the considerations, so she makes the company seem very friendly. Chico's, uh, Chico's, Coldwater Creek, and, and and, and Talbot's are the only companies in women's apparel that have targeted this high-spending boomers market, which, by the way, spends 64% more on women's apparel than the women who are in the 25 to 34 age range. And as I'm sure you'd agree, Maria, if you look in Vogue or in Style or any of the fashion magazines, I'm sure you'd think that the only people who were buying clothes were 15. It hasn't occurred to somebody that 15-year-olds generally don't have the kind of money that it takes to buy these clothes, you know? Um, Curves, one of my favorite companies, uh, founded specifically in recognition that primetime women actually exercise, work out more regularly than younger women do and than men of their own age do. And I think most people are surprised to learn that primetime women buy more sports equipment than any other segment of the population. So Curves has a great thing because primetime women are going back to exercising because they finally have time to. They, it's understandable why younger women don't exercise as regularly. You know, when you got to take care of a bunch of kids and ferry them around to their own, you know, soccer games and things like that, it's really hard for women to get to the gym. But once they're more or less, you know, driving themselves to wherever they need to go, you can get yourself back to the gym. So Curves was saying, you know, I, I know that these women want to work out more, but they don't seem to want to go to Bally's. <laughs> and the reason is, who wants to be around of uh, around a whole bunch of highly competitive hard bodies when basically you're just trying to get back in shape a little bit, you know? So this is primarily for women. It's very social. People talk while they work out. The exercise machines are arranged in a circle, which taps into women's uh, desire for community and desire. And, and that, in fact, reinforces people coming back because you see the same, same people every time you go. So they're like your friends, you know? So those are a few of the companies that are doing a really great job. I have to think, too, that there's going to be some um, some industries that are, that are going to emerge as well that will be ripe for targeting this women. I mean, you already talked about health and fitness and financial services and, and maybe uh, adventure travel, but are there any other companies and or industry areas that you think will become even more important to the primetime woman? Well, I, I don't. I, I don't know about. Yes, I do think that um, self development will get very will get even more important than it is now. I think that Oprah is on the right track with the Eckhart Tolle stuff. You know, I think women are searching for their. You know, how am I going to spend the second half of my life? Because that really is what it amounts to. If you think in terms of your adult life. It's about 30 years between 20 years old and 50 years old, and it's about 30 years in between 50 years old and 80 years old. So you got about the same amount of time in front of you as you have behind you when you're 50, which is an uncon- you know a lot of people don't think of it that way, but they should these days. So I think that a lot of uh, the whole uh, spirituality and self-help is going to become more important. Um, but the flip side of it too is the industries that currently exist have opportunities to make themselves more attractive. Um, 
a lot of the focus, the initial focus on what prime timers need is uh, some of the physical changes that happen in your 50s and 60s. And by the way, those are much less than most people assume. Most of the physical uh, you know, problems that people have start kicking in these days in their 70s. And that's assuming, as you said before, that the woman doesn't have cancer or heart disease. She will live to be 92 on average, statistically speaking. So, um, but, you know, one funny little thing, you know, the readers, I don't know about you, Maria, but on my 40th birthday, I think, to the day was the day when suddenly I needed readers for uh, reading the newspaper and things like that. And at the time, when you were looking for those, the only place you could find them was in the back of the drugstore by by the pharmacy, these horrible, ugly old black things. And then somebody got the bright idea to say, hey, you know, a lot more people are going to be needing these. Let's make them cute. And suddenly there were the flowered ones, the leopard stripe ones, the zebra stripe ones, the diamond ones, all showing up on the counters in airports and in the next to cash registers all over the place. Well, there's, you know, now I own 15 pairs, and I'm not exaggerating because I like to leave them all over the house so I don't have to look for them. So, I mean, there's an example of somebody who was smart. Here was an existing product that they knew that they were able to, you know, at least quadruple the sales of overnight simply by thinking, are these people who are my friends, who are 50-year-old women, are they really going to want to wear these nasty old black things, or would they buy a lot more of them if they were cute? You know? I can tell you right now, I'm in the market for readers myself. I, <laughs> I've been putting it off, Marty, because I, re, you know, I refuse to believe that I am, and am now, yeah, 42. But it was so bad <laughs> that my daughter's face was I, right up to nose-to-nose to mine, and I had to make her sit back so I could actually focus in on her face. So I am in the market for readers, and I'm not getting those ugly black things. You're absolutely right. I'm going out, and I'm finding those cute, stylish little readers, and I will buy a lot of them. And right. um, And I'll use a product like that. And I think if, if mm-hmm. there's companies out there that can be inventive and and help solve problems. I mean, these primetime women, they, you know, yeah, they've got more freedom. They've got the money, but they still have issues they have to deal with. And, and if companies can help solve their problems or make their lives better, I think that mm-hmm. would be just the key to securing these women's loyalty. Don't you? I mean, it just seems natural to me. Absolutely. It is true. And you're seeing like a, a lot of companies in the housewares area, for example, are coming out with uh, you know, sort of the first round of universal design. Universal design is the term they use when they're talking about designing products to be easier for older people to use, but they call it universal design because it ends up being better for everybody, not only more comfortable, but usually more stylish. The classic example of that is the OXO brand of kitchen kitchen wares, you know, the can openers and yeah. knives and mm-hmm. pizza wheels and stuff. Well, the next generation of that is coming out now, and they are even easier to use and actually more stylish. So, you know, companies that are thinking about what would make life easier, to your point, are really going to get the jump ahead on this. And, and that yeah. goes for automobiles. That goes for, um, that, oh, that goes for technology. Oh, my gosh. Could somebody please tell these technology companies, we don't need 9,000 different buttons, each of which do seven different things that I can't remember. You know, can't we just have somebody put some intelligent design like a designer design, not engineering design, into some of these technology products. I am with you the whole way. The mm-hmm. universal remote is my friend. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, if you could just find me a universal remote-like thing for most of the technology, I'd be a happy woman. Um, yeah. <laughs> Marty, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap it up. I cannot believe this half an hour has gone by 
so I quickly. Know. I want to thank you for, for joining <laughs> me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. is a lot of fun. Yeah, and I definitely would love to have you back on. I know you're always, you know, coming out with another book or taking on another topic related to women. So when you do so, let me know. I'd love to have you back. And for those mm-hmm. uh, folks out there who are just as excited about Marty as I am, you want to check out our company, the Trendsite Group. You're going to want to log on to Trendsite.com. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Marty's written several books, including Primetime Women, How to Win the Hearts, Minds, and Business of Boomer Big Spenders. And you can find Find that book on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. So you're going to want to check it out. Uh, Primetime's a great read. I read it myself. So you're going to want to read it, guys, if you want to grow your business in the next 10 years. Thanks so much to my producer, George. A great show today. And you're going to want to check us out next week. I'm going to be joined by Mary Hunt. She's the author of In Women We Trust. And we're going to be talking a little bit about women and greenwashing. If your company um, hasn't considered its place in the green space, then you're already behind. And we're going to give you some tips on what you need to think about before you jump right on in. So that's next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern. Until then, thanks so much for joining me today. Make it a great one. Thank you.